Hello everyone, I'm Joey Pizzolatto, Interim Deputy Editor, and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week of August 10th, 2020. Before beginning, I wanna thank Auto Finance News advertisers, Alpha, Defy Solutions, FIS, AutoRec, for their continu continued support. I'm joined by Amanda Harris, Associate Editor of Auto Finance News. Thanks for joining me again. Hello. It's Friday, August 14th, 2020. We had more good news on the unemployment front this week. Initial jobless claims dropped below 1 million new filings for the first time since the pandemic. In July, retail sales continued to grow with a 1.2% increase from June, suggesting consumers are feeling more comfortable with spending their money. The Mannheim Index in July also lived up to its mid-month forecast and reached new record highs. I'd say all things considered, this was a good, lead, a good week, at least on a macro level. Last week, we talked a little about banks tightening, tightening credit underwriting, and this week we saw that trend in action. Carvana, which tightened credit underwriting back in April in response to the pandemic, made few changes to its scorecard. Chief Executive Ernie Garcia said that underwriting standards have relaxed a little, but they're not back to pre-pandemic levels. Yet Carvana was still able to keep originations on par with the first quarter. Granted, first quarter originations were depressed due to the pandemic, but so were second quarter originations. This seems to be a bright spot for lenders because it shows that they can afford to be a little bit more risk adverse and still find ways to originate new loans. I'd expect a tighter underwriting approach to pervade the industry into the quarter and perhaps even in, into 2021, as we still don't know how loans are ultimately going to perform due to unemployment and the pandemic. But a more conservative approach to underwriting essentially makes the pie smaller and lenders still need to conduct business. So the question becomes, how? Amanda, this week you reported on an auto refi fintech that saw exponential gains in new loan volume. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so their name is Gravity Lending and they were formed um, about this time last year, so in 2019. So they're relatively new uh, to the space and they focus um, right now mainly on refinance loans for vehicles. Um, so during the pandemic, they saw about 400% growth on a month over month basis um, in, I believe it was in July that they saw that growth. And part of that is, you know, that they are new, um, but part of that is also due to the kind of shift in the needs changing during the pandemic and more people wanting to refinance um, their car loans and also working with um, you know, major lenders and, and then wanting to kind of up their business at a time where they were kind of struggling because not a lot of people were buying new cars or wasn't a lot of new cars to even buy out there. Um, used cars were doing fairly well, um, but the refinance space seems to be almost like an, a pretty big area of potential. Um, and Gravity is kind of an example of that. And we could start seeing more partnerships form with companies like Gravity um, as, you know, the bigger lenders and stuff need to kind of find ways to up their refinance, um, you know, reach to customers. Because he, he did talk about the owner of Gravity Lending. He talked about, you know, that 
they have they have in the back of their mind that refinance loans tend to do pretty well, even better than maybe the normal traditional um, loans, but that they're they struggle to kind of reach those that customer base. Whereas Gravity has a kind of an automated system where they can reach thousands of customers and potential customers throughout um, the country. So they are able to, to kind of funnel all that into a digital system and kind of automatically pair those applications with the correct lender that you know would match the customer um, what they're looking for and also what their um, you know parameters are on the actual application so they can kind of you know bridge that gap a little bit so it's an interesting kind of example what we could start seeing more of um, after the pandemic kind of accelerated that growth mm, definitely um, I think maybe one of the hurdles for you know the refinance space is is on the consumer front. Honestly, um, you know if if you talk to to any any person with an auto loan or even credit cards, a lot of a lot of people don't know that there is an option to you know refinance their debt with a uh, with a lower rate um, that's more affordable. Um, so I think I think um, the adoption of, of refinance will, will probably hinder a little bit on, you know, getting the word out and, and really kind of marketing that, that product. But right, if, if, if there is such a demand for it, um, then, you know, that's, that's a prime area for, for lenders to, to, to tap into. Yeah, definitely. And something I think we'll start seeing in the future. Great. We also wrapped up our Auto Finance Risk Summit webinar series with a presentation from Exeter Finance's Chief Compliance Officer and Senior Vice President of Risk and Compliance, Meredith Garland Hannafin, on establishing a first line of defense. Amanda, what did we learn from her presentation aside from the fact that I don't know how to properly unmute myself before I speak? No problem. Uh, yes, yeah, so the resounding kind of theme of her talk was how critically important um, collaboration is across different areas of the business um, when it comes to compliance professionals. So, you know, not kind of working within your own box and really making sure that you're, you know, communicating what the issues are ahead of time. Um, and she talked about, you know, working with the first line of defense and making sure to kind of, you know, get their approval on, on things before compliance just puts out there, um, you know, what they're working on, their reports, that kind of thing. Because like she said, no one wants to be surprised or be the first to know that there's an issue when you are the first line of defense. Obviously, you need to know about those things ahead of time before they come to a point where they need an immediate solution. Um, so really, she talked mainly about how collaboration is crucial across all those areas and how Exeter kind of does their training to make sure that compliance is, you know, partnered with the other areas of the business to ensure they're not just kind of like on their own. Um, and, and she also talked about it's important to know that most compliance issues do have a solution to, to kind of not panic and, you know, make sure that you, you know that you probably will be able to solve this and it does come, come down to collaboration in that area as well. So that was mm -hmm. kind of the theme of her talk and she had some really good kind of best practices and tips for people in that space. Uh -huh. And you know, I've never worked in, at a at a lending institution or even in a compliance. So this is just what we've heard. But it seems like um, a, a major pain point in a lot of um, lenders' operations is the fact that compliance um, divisions, offices, whatever you want to call them, operate as an island rather than, like you said, as a collaborator in a larger kind of machine. 
Um, so I think I think it on the surface it might seem like like oh well duh like but I think it's it's fantastic advice and and one that that lenders can really incorporate into their business practices, especially in our current environment where we have repos coming, um, deferrals, a lot of potential changes in um, in administration coming in the next year which can bring a slew of, of new compliance issues uh, to the surface. So it is definitely paramount that, you know, the compliance and risk offices communicate with the rest of the, of the organization. Yeah, especially, you know, as everyone's working from home, we're almost all on our own little island. So it's hard sometimes to remember to, to include others that you're not seeing across the hall like you normally would have. And so she kind of mentioned that as well and how important it is with, with new regulations coming and all the changes that are going on and you know all the changes in processes too and just how important that is. And, and I think, like I said, it might seem like, oh yeah, like that should be thought of, but I don't think in every case that it is because it's very easy to work on your own and forget to kind of include others that maybe should be included in that conversation. So mm -hmm. she had some good points. Oh, absolutely. So for next week, what are we looking at? So for next week, um, we do have uh, another earnings to kind of wrap up um, the rest of everything that we saw, the seasons, the season ending um, with Broom. Um, and then we have some other kind of interesting stories coming up um, just in the auto finance space. And some digital initiatives. We've got a, a couple of of, um, of companies. We're not going to spoil it for you now. That are they're they're making pretty pretty significant changes to to their platform, um, either in response to COVID nineteen or just you know that change that was planned and then accelerated because of COVID nineteen. So we'll definitely be be looking into that. And like you said, Vroom. Well, they haven't even had a full three months since they went public. So. We'll definitely be poking around in, in their SEC filings to see if there's anything uh, interesting. There might not be, but we'll see. Yeah, see what happens, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. That's all we can do. All right, well, um, that wraps up for, for today. Um, I just want to remind everyone that the Auto Finance Summit is October 20th to the 22nd. Uh, you can register at autofinancesummit.com. And we are also um, offering a limited number of free registrations to our lender audience. Um, so please check out autofinancenews.net for more details on that. And then a quick reminder again, that we wanna hear from you. Please rate the roadmap on whichever platform you use, whether it be Spotify or iTunes, um, and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. We'll see you at autofinancenews.net and here next time.